All right. Let's take a nice deep breath in through the nose. And out through the nose. Welcome to the Peak Flow Podcast, where we optimize human potential one breath at a time. I'm Dr. Rob Williams, the co-founder of Peak Flow, and with us in studio today, all the way from Europe, is Anthony LaRubio, the founder of Recal Travel at recaltravel.com. Anthony, welcome. Hey, Rob. Happy to be here. So glad to have you with us. So you have been on quite an adventure across the pond. What brings you to Europe? Yeah, um, I have been on a bit of an adventure at this point. Um, there were three or four core things that brought me here. Initially, it was the Wim Hof uh, Global Instructor Reunion that was held in the Netherlands. So that was my first stop when I first got to Europe. And then I went from there to the Adventure Travel World Summit, which is an event hosted typically annually. This is the first time since COVID, um, hosted by the Adventure Travel Trade Association, which brings companies and people from around the world that are involved in adventure travel. Um, so we have kind of a summit event, and that was in Lugano, Switzerland. And then after that, I made my way to Slovenia for an event called Transcend, which was hosted by a really cool trade organization called the Transformational Travel Council. So it was a combination of Wim Hof method and breathwork, cold exposure, global reunion, adventure travel, and then some transformational travel industry events. And I stuck around for a little bit because I've got family in Copenhagen, Denmark. So I always like to use the excuse of coming to Europe for work as a way to see some family too. So that's what I've been up to. So I have a very important question. Yeah. Can I carry your baggage next time? <laughs> I would absolutely love that, Rob, because if you <laughs> saw and felt the weight of my baggage, um, <laughs> I don't know that you would actually take me up on that offer. Um, there's a reason maybe why my voice is coming through clearly, and that is a microphone, one of the many pieces of equipment that I lugged in my baggage. So if you're offering, I'll definitely take it. That whole trip sounds incredible so far. So before we talk about recal travel and then your adventures in Europe, how did you find your way to breathwork, Anthony? Oh man, that is a layered and deep question, but I'll give you the, the quick, the quick version. Um, in what I would consider a previous professional life, I was kind of a, a hard charging business type, um, out of college, I started a company, ended up running that for about eight years of my life, and it was a, a grind. I don't believe I did a wonderful job of, of keeping and maintaining any sort of mindfulness practice through that. Um, and then shortly after that, I joined a private equity firm to do some, some more hardcore business type of roles. <laughs> um, and this all kind of led me to a point of... Um, I mean, we can call it burnout. We can call it just complete discombobulation of not knowing, you know, what's left, what's right, mm -hmm. um, what's mm -hmm. going on in my body and my mind, just complete kind of, I don't know, utter shutdown kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And what I sort of, um, 
I guess, uh, felt the need to do was to leave my, my business role, get out from the four walls of an office and out into nature. And I kind of escaped for what ended up being a total of about 60 days. And over the course of that 60 days, I tried to develop um, some form of a mindfulness practice. And at the time it was kind of just motiv- uh, focused on meditation and just mm-hmm. connection with nature. Um, but what's really interesting is I spent 60 days doing that and kind of struggled my way through it. And then on the car ride home, I was a bit nervous about actually coming back to the real world Hmm. and feeling like the stressors of the real world were going to come back and it was going to lead me down that same path I was already in. And I listened to the Wim Hof Method audiobook uh, by Wim Hof. And that is the first time that I had ever heard of breathwork. And so on my drive, I pulled over and I tried breathwork for the first time. And there on the side of the highway at a rest stop, I went into the deepest, you know, mindful state that I had been. And this is after 60 days that I was committed to being on my own solo traveling in nature. And it was really incredible that just something like the breath could impact your, your physiology and your mind on such a deep level. And so that was the first time I discovered it. And then it became truly like a big part of my life ever since just to, um, I don't know, regulate my system, um, as I, I reentered the quote unquote real world. Mm. Where was the rest stop? The rest stop was somewhere in between Denver and Minneapolis. I, Iowa, maybe, maybe it was like, uh, I I don't know. It could have been, yeah, it it may have been Iowa. Um, but I honestly don't, don't have any idea. One of those very rural rest stops. So let's just say you're in Iowa after 60 days of mindful struggle in the wilderness and you're at a rest stop and you're listening to Wim whisper into your ear. Fully in and let it go. Fully in and let it go. Yes. When you paint a picture like that, it's a, it's a hell of a little uh, introduction to breathwork. That is a fantastic story. Wow. Mm-hmm. I can see it. So does Wim read his own audiobook? He does, yes, which makes it all that much better. Yes. Activate your full human potential, I believe is the subtitle. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, right. That is that is a great story. We know each other a little bit, Anthony, but I, I did not know any of this. It's fantastic. Hmm. So you have gone on to pursue your interest in breath work, breath training, and have founded what looks like a super cool organization called Recal Travel. That's recaltravel.com, R-E-C-A-L, travel, recaltravel.com. And the subtitle at your homepage here says mindful adventure travel your Mm -hmm. remedy for burnout Mm -hmm. so how did that all come to be yeah well the the name recal is short for recalibrate and so Mm -hmm. what we're focused on doing is helping people recalibrate their mind and body um you know i think i think my path um is something that, that possibly a lot of other people out there can relate to. And that is um, just just needing at, um, whether it's a, a deepest, deep and dark moment where you need a full-on recalibration of your mind and your body, which is where our trips come into play, or even on a more regular basis, if you just are looking for a practice to kind of like shift yourself back into calibration, um, we're, we're trying to offer tools and resources for people, um, 
that that can help with them and and i mean how it kind of came to be um the the foundational elements of of us coming to this place of mindful adventure travel um it, it's kind of embedded in something i think you you and i have talked a little bit about before in the past and that is the the mismatch theory of evolution which um to put it shortly, basically states that humans today, um, we are still carrying with us the evolutionary adaptations that that uh, are held in our DNA, a DNA that you know was was formed over thousands and thousands of years out in nature, and there was an alignment at one point in time between our external environment and what was happening internally inside our body. Um, so all the functions of our system, you know, just a couple of the, the big ones are like sympathetic and parasympathetic states. So when we needed to fight or we needed to flight uh, in a moment, that was typically right in line with our environment. And then if you fast forward, you know, we kind of graduated from hunter gatherer to an agricultural based society and then into this industrial revolution era. And then holy cow, we find ourselves in this, you know, digital information age era of information overload and the environment doesn't quite uh, align with our evolutionary kind of dna anymore and so the systems that are running here are kind of like running on a very outdated operating system that's just not attuned with our our modern day and so when you when you have people that are living in these types of modern day environments you know living in climate controlled um rooms and spaces, four walls of an office, inside a car, you know, commuting every single day, um, having social pressures from our, you know, very, um, I guess, dynamic social world that we now live in. All of these things are stressors and they can kind of knock us off, uh, mm. the, the knock us off, off our, you know, regulated bodily system. Right. And so what, what we are doing are trying to continue to uncover, um, through a formula of uh, uh, nature, mindfulness, and adventure. We're trying to, to kind of allow people to go back to their roots, recalibrate themselves, and um, get their systems kind of back in order to, to mm. better equip them to, to live and operate in this, in this modern world. Mm, I love that. And you introduced me to the idea of the mismatch, I believe. I hadn't mm. heard of that before. And okay. uh, I do remember that conversation. Yeah, I love that. And it reminds me a little bit of Harvard uh, uh, evolutionary biologist uh, Daniel Lieberman's phrase, dis-evolution. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's which, right. of course, comes up in, uh, among other places, James Nestor's uh, book, Breath. Yeah. So let me just read. I'm on your website. So you're taking people to the boundary waters of Minnesota. You're taking people... Uh, to the Midwestern uh, reset. You're taking people to the rainforest in Washington, to mm -hmm. Dark Sky series, Anna Borrego Desert. Um, this looks amazing. <laughs> and, and it says here, our recal trips... Um, oops, I just lost it because I, 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 I fell down the glacier the Glacier National Park rabbit hole. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, that's, that's which a is solid a solid rabbit hole to go down. That's a really good rabbit hole. But um, you've got some really, really remarkable uh, places here on your roster of trips. How did how did this all come into into being? How did you find these places? 
Yeah, yeah. When when we, you know, started to look for places to actually run a recal trip, one of one of the core ingredients, um, as I mentioned earlier, one of the core ingredients of a of a recal trip is really threefold. Um, it's mindfulness. So we do some mindfulness practices. Number two, it's some adventurous component. Um, to move your body as well and engage the body physically. And then it's nature and really a deep form of nature. So that's like the three-part ingredient um, recipe that we've got. So when it comes to the nature component, we were looking for what are some of the, the rawest, the most natural forms of nature left for humans today? And there's a few key indicators that we started to look at to be able to find these places. Um, and one of them is dark skies and another one is quiet and we're talking natural quiet. So a place that's void of human made noise pollution. So, um, I'll just focus in on the, on the quiet. Um, we ended up actually partnering with an organization called quiet parks international. Um, and at this point, actually I'm, I'm on the, the board of, of quiet parks as the quiet travel advisor. And so in our partnership together, we looked at some of the places that they had gone out and actually done like the sound recordings in these places to confirm, all right, this, this is a, a very quiet place. It's, it's in a very little or minimal way, it's been impacted by human made noise. And so mm. if you think about it, if it doesn't have a lot of human made sounds around it, then it is one of the most natural places left for us. And so we ended up um, honing in on, for example, a couple of these locations that are are officially named quiet um, glacier national park some areas of that of, of that national park in montana are considered quiet and then the boundary waters canoe area in northern minnesota a very remote wilderness area that's also um, accessible only by canoe actually so you you literally cannot get there using a, a motorized um, boat um, these these places <clears throat> it is nature as our our body and mind grew up in so it's like it's like our nervous system is going back home when you go into a a quiet place like this <laughs> and so that's really like the methodology or, or the reasoning behind why we ended up choosing places like this um, for to, to host our trips it's like our nervous system is going home <laughs> that's so beautiful oh <laughs> so i have to read um this moment from your website. Again, it's recaltravel.com. You write here, we combine adventure travel with breath work and other mindfulness practices to create retreat-style trips to help combat the effects of burnout. Each trip is co-hosted by a group of independently owned, racially inclusive, and sustainably-minded outfitters in tandem with a recall, recal mindfulness coach. And then you have this beautiful list of trips. And I'm, I'm just coming back from the glacier rabbit hole now. <laughs> it looks amazing. So it sounds like you've put a tremendous amount of thought, Anthony, into curating this experience. Yes. Um, yeah, we, uh, we took our time for sure. Um, mm. and, and, uh, and, and it kind of unfolded organically, which is one of the things that I I've appreciated most about the process in, in starting this company. This, you know, as I mentioned, is, is the, the second company that I've had the, the great opportunity to, to, um, to create. 
And what I like about the process that we've taken is, you know, we have an idea of, of what we believe we're going to build. Um, but we left enough space for something organic to emerge. And so we didn't just run after and overinvest into the thing that we thought would be the right path. We kind of took some iterative steps, left things quite a bit open. And that's really what kind of like organically led us to, um, honestly, like incorporating breathwork the way in which we do, incorporating the quiet the way in which we do, incorporating dark skies the way in which we do, and a lot of the experiential components of a recal trip, which includes, you know, the recal journal and guidebook, for example, that um, in journaling is one of the mindfulness practices that we do as well mm-hmm. on a trip. Um, mm-hmm. So all of these things about how a trip functions and where we go kind of like organically grew, which is something I'm I'm very uh, happy and, and proud of, I guess, if I can say myself. <laughs> yeah. And I, you were kind enough to send uh, Lindsay and I copies of your journal, and it's such a cool tool. And I'm mm. almost done with my current journal, and I'm going to jump right into yours. So thank you for that. Yeah, yeah man. Thanks. Um, before we get to Europe, <laughs> I want to hear about that. Um, I'm guessing uh, the humans listening here may be curious about how you incorporate breath work into your recal trips. Can you just say a few words about that? Yeah, sure. So we do, we don't focus on any one particular type of breath work. Um, we do quite a bit of other things. Um, our approach to somebody coming on a trip is that not only can they recalibrate their mind and body on a trip, but also along the way, you can learn a few very tactical breathwork practices that you can take home with you mm. and can become a part of your everyday to, to keep yourself in calibration, so to speak. So one of the first things that we do when somebody arrives on a trip is um, we hand them a journal and inside that journal, we've got some prompted exercises and questions. And some of those exercises that they get into right at the beginning are doing a few bits of breath work, um, just like a couple of short strategies, um, some five deep breaths and, and, uh, then plug your ears and then do another five while your ears are plugged. And then at the end, after your exhale, hold your breath, unplug your ears and listen to the sounds around you using the breath in that way can help you go a bit deeper into your senses. And in this case, your sense of hearing, um, because at the end of the day, like when on a trip, it, what we're really recalibrating is yes, our nervous system, but we're also like reawakening our senses, which are so mm-hmm. numbed and dulled down by our modern environments, by the noise in which we live in. Mm-hmm. So um, that is a breathwork tactic that we use just just to reawaken a sense. Mm-hmm. We also have. I like, oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, Rob. Well, I was just gonna say, I like the word tactic. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a few very practical breathwork tactics that, that we teach right at the beginning. Um, we teach something that we've caught on from Jesse Coomer, who actually taught this at a, a joint trip between us and Jesse called the Midwestern Reset, which you had mentioned earlier. That was a, mm. a, a trip specifically for first responders and public safety officials. Mm. Um, and, and that is called the Sniff Sniff Poo. Um, if you've ever heard him uh, mention that breathwork, so you breathe in twice, sniff, sniff, and then you poo it out um, through your mouth. 
And, and what that double inhale, exhale can do is offload a lot of CO2 in a short amount of time and kind of uh, get yourself down-regulated and, and focused again. Um, if something in your you know environment sent you upward. Um, and then we also have some guided sessions of breathwork as well on a trip. Um, some of these are controlled hypoxic, hypocapnic type of training, which we teach um, or which you teach as well at, at peak flow. Um, it's of course, you know, right along the lines of a Wim Hof method style practice. That's uh, we do that a few times on a trip as well. Um, but then we also during say, for example, a forest bathing style hike, maybe we took off our shoes and we're experiencing the forest in, in a unique way, reawakening our senses. We'll also do just a few different, you know, uh, in moment kind of breathwork tactics as well to like center ourselves, ground ourselves down, maybe a box breathing type of thing as well in that moment. So there's mm. so many different ways that we, that we use the breath and, and, and we always say breath work and other mindfulness tools. Cause we just think that's kind of in that umbrella of mindfulness on a recal trip. Yeah. I love that. And leave it to Jesse Coomer to take something ancient, like Kriya style breath training and call it sniff, sniff, poo. That's fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty bit, on yeah. brand for Jesse, for sure. Pretty much, yeah. And I think you introduced me to that uh, breath uh, work style, the five and five. And I remember hearing the ocean when I plugged mm. my ears in my head, and it was so, so powerful. So, yep. thank you for that. It, yeah. it is a, an interesting sensation to breathe in deeply five times with your ears plugged. Mm. Yeah, it's like you're you're listening to the ocean inside your own head we're returning to the sea. I love that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, let's cross the pond with you now. Like take us a quick, quick three-stop tour. What was the Wim Hof reunion? Like I couldn't make it. Yeah, it was, um, well, as with anything like, like a, a Wim Hof method style thing, it's a no program program, right? Um, so <laughs> with that comes some controlled chaos. Um, but no, it was, um, it was really incredible to see how many people came and, and just the, the awesome diverse array of humans that showed up for this. There was 250 yes. people from countries all over the world that have come. And so, I mean, just to, to take a moment and pause while there and look around and be like, man, this is <laughs> just an impactful thing that we're collectively doing with, with the Wim Hof method. And I say we as if, you know, I'm, I'm doing something. I mean, I'm just doing my very small part, but it was, it was really cool to see. Um, so that was kind of a, a really nice like realization moment. Um, did you see when? The, go ahead, Rob. Did, did you see Wim? I did, yes. Um, yes, he was there. Got to hang with Wim for a bit. Um, that was pretty fun. I mean, just his presence and energy are just next level. So that was really special, I think, for everybody. Yeah, 63 years old and uh, still going. It's good. Yeah, going very strong. Yeah. Yes, he is. He is. I saw a few video snippets, I think, including on the recal Instagram. It looked like a blast. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. It was a blast. And they did something cool as well. We had kind of some breakout sessions where, where uh, they gave some of the existing instructors space to teach one of their own kind of specialties. Mm. So, you know, they had... I don't know, like some Navy SEAL style training underwater um, at one section. And then they had like a barefoot walking in, 
instructor session as well to kind of teach some of the best practices out of barefoot walking. And then we had like body working going on and some massaging and then um, breath work and sex and sexual healing, you know, over here in, in another area with a sex therapist. Um, there there were so many different um, kind of breakout sort of sessions. And that, mm-hmm. that actually made the, the reunion really cool as well to see all the levels of talent and the different areas that everybody focuses on mm-hmm. was, was really mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. And our listeners, I think, know that uh, we're big proponents at PeakFlow of the ecosystem, breath training ecosystem approach. And there's so many beautiful ways to harness our secret superpower, the breath, to optimize. So that sounds awesome. And then you popped over to Switzerland. Yes. Yeah, that's right. I just popped right over. Um, from from the Netherlands, went to Switzerland. That was for the Adventure Travel World Summit, which was a group of uh, 800, 850 people that are involved in the adventure travel world. So, um, and didn't you give you, didn't you give a keynote there? I, um, I did not give a keynote. What I did at that one, uh, I held morning breathwork and meditation sessions actually in the morning at that oh, event. Nice. Uh, my keynote was, was, uh, or my, yeah, my, my talk was actually at transcend the next week, but, um, but at the Adventure Travel World Summit, it's really cool because, um, I mean, when you're at an event that large with that many people and that much energy, you just really can, I mean, you can just tire yourself out. Just you're riding on adrenaline, you're not getting much yeah. sleep and everybody wants yeah. to hang out and they want to do, you know, post uh, event dinners and things together. So for for me and what i kind of offered up to to the facilitators of the event was hey in the morning why don't we have a moment where i i I can guide as many people want to show up on a meditation just to settle themselves down after the the potential madness of the day before um Mm. and so that was that was really nice and had a lot of people show up to those sessions and it was really cool i mean it was a beautiful setting and people really took to the breathwork and the meditation that I was guiding. So that was a, a pretty special thing to, to be able to do. And I think you sent me a picture maybe of a full moon and yeah, that, um, yeah, that was, so that was also in Slovenia the very next week, which, yeah, that's where I Take went to there. after Switzerland. <laughs> we'll, we'll head over from Switzerland to Slovenia. Let's go to Slovenia. Um, yeah. So that was a much more intimate event. It was about a hundred people from, I think 26 countries is what I heard. And that was hosted by the transformational travel council, which is an organization that brings together like-minded travel people, businesses, um, that are, are in the realm of, I would call a very like intentional and conscious community, um, type of, of individuals. And so, what we look at there is um, how travel can be a quote unquote vessel for transformation for people mm. individually. And oh, I love that. And so at that event, I gave, yes, I, I gave one of the, the talks on how specifically quiet and quiet travel can be a vessel for transformation for people. And so that's where I reintroduced the elements that I spoke to just a little bit ago about how special quiet can really be about sending our nervous system back home. And I gave a a, a talk on that. And then you are correct. I did end up, 
um, kind of an impromptu session. Um, I was leading breathwork in the morning every day there as well. So, um, you know, I had some jam packed days, Rob, for sure. Um, <laughs> You're a busy guy. I, I, um, I led the, the in-person sessions in the morning at that event. And then after dinner one night, they said, Hey, we've gotten great feedback from your quiet talk. And I also, um, led everybody kind of on a quiet meditation as well during my talk too, so that they could you know, feel it as opposed to just hear about it. Mm. <laughs> no pun intended. And, mm. um, and so, uh, we all kind of left the dinner hall. We went out and it was a full moon and we kind of circled up around and then I was kind of in the middle and then I led us through a breath work, um, plus meditation and then a guided like listening, um, type of meditation where, um, mm. You know, we, we reawaken that sense of hearing. We listen to, for example, um, a listening meditation is if, if, you're, if you're really focused in on your sense of hearing, and this is maybe after doing a little bit of breath work to center yourself, we listen and try to pick up on the sound that's furthest away from you for a moment, just the faintest sound off in the distance. So you're kind of like playing with your auditory horizon. Like what's the furthest thing away that you can hear? And then you gradually start to bring that horizon line, bring it closer. So you're hearing something that's like a midpoint away and then getting closer and closer. And then you pick up on a sound that's right here in, you know, as close as possible to you. And, and then, you know, you can graduate from that to, okay, let's pick up on another sound and try to give it an emotion. Like what, what emotion do you think a sound that you're hearing right now has to it? Um, or you can maybe even try to align a, a sound with a color or just like give, give sounds feeling. Um, so that's kind of what I ended up guiding under this, you know, full moon with this group of very, uh, conscious individuals. It was super special. Mm. Do you sense Anthony, uh, a central place for breath training in kind of global travel in this strange moments team human finds it's uh, finds ourselves in what would you say about that yeah, that's a great question a central place um like like uh, just to clarify what you mean by that is that maybe something that can be applied to travel in in general like like what like how breathwork could be applied almost universally in travel is maybe that what you mean by that yeah i guess that's what i'm sort of feeling my way towards yeah well, here's, here's, you know, one, one thought, and, and I've actually made this a, a part of what we do at, at Recal. Um, people travel, we, we kind of see travel, we think we're going to travel, we think we're going to jump time zones, we think we're going to be able to sit down in a seat for multiple hours on end if you're flying or in a train or driving or whatever, and we think we're going to be able to show up and just go. And Sometimes uh, I would I would contend that oftentimes our body and our nervous system and our muscles and all these things they're not quite ready to just go right when we get to our quote unquote destination. Mm -hmm. And I, what I like oftentimes to use breath work as is something to kind of like hit the reset button. Um, and so I think a universal application of breath work in travel is. Use it as a means to reset yourself every time you arrive to a new place. If you've got you know, mm. multiple destinations on a 
you're trying to string together multiple cities and and wherever you're headed. So at each new one, do a breathwork to recenter yourself. And that's pretty universal. I mean, that that can be just off the first leg of your trip when you're arriving at the train station or airport or however you got there. Do some breathwork, hotel room, do some breathwork. And it, it can just kind of fuel your energy levels so that you're you're not just constantly almost wearing yourself down along your way of traveling. So then you can be more present and actually enjoy the ultimate reason why you traveled in the first place. I love that. I was in Kathmandu last, uh, a couple months ago on a Trek relief trip and I've got to connect mm. you with Trek relief. Um, and my dear friend, Candace Young, who's the founder, but I did exactly that. I got there kind of like a day early and I was really tired. You know, it's like 18 hours to get from the U S to Nepal. And so I went up, onto the roof of this international guest house in downtown Kathmandu, which is a huge and bustling and nutty and crazy, spiritually energetic city. And the sun was beating down and the crows were wheeling and the prayer flags were, along with the laundry on the roof, was snapping in the wind. And I just lay down on the roof of this eight-story uh, hotel you know, amongst the solar, the water, uh, solar water collector panels and just enjoyed a few hours of kind of in and out of consciousness, breathing and light sleep and the sounds of the city wafting up and the birds wings cracking overhead. And I'd never done that before. And you're right. It was unbelievably restorative. Yeah. I love that story. And if I come on a recal trip someday, we're going to do that, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know <laughs> if we can do exactly what you just outlined. Um, <laughs> but the, yeah, but the maybe use of, I'll, you... I'll make time for nap time right when everybody gets there. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't a nap and it wasn't a no. breath protocol. It was like just using the breath to settle and ground down and transcend and all the things at once. And I wasn't looking to do any of that. I was just like, I'm going to just go and lie down. <laughs> and it was amazing. It was amazing. Hmm. Yeah. Well, what did, what do you see? Maybe last question. Um, what do you see the future of recal travel, recaltravel.com looking like? Yeah. Uh, damn, Rob, that's, that's also a deep question. Um, because <laughs> it's, um, one of, one of the, so we're, we're a, a newer company still. I'm, I'm certainly not shying away from that. We've only been around. Um, I, I officially launched it after my own kind of mindful adventure type of trip. Um, I launched it in, you know, February, 2021. Um, so we've only really been at this a year and a half, but one of the big leaps forward that I see for us in, even in just framing what the company is, um, kind of pulls from something that has been inside me for a while and then really burst forward on this Europe trip and at some of these events. And that is that, Recal is not a travel company. Recal is a transformational company that uses things like travel as a vessel for transformation. 
And so beyond just travel being one of those types of tools and resources that we tap into to help people recalibrate their mind and body, we also will use uh, other product offerings and other service offerings out there. So Mm. that can be the journal, which you mentioned earlier. Um, Mm. We have the journal. We're also launching other modules that are related to the journal, like a breathwork only type of module, a, um, a, a guide book, um, a, a, another type of journal that's much more reflective, um, and a lot more space for, for free writing and things like that. Mm. Um, and then we also will look to, uh, we're actually going to be launching a mastermind group, um, which covers a few different, um, areas that are really kind of a core part of what we believe in at recal, um, so that's incorporating mindfulness in the C-suite, so to speak. Um, so, mm. you know, how can executives at companies work on and develop mindfulness practices and how can they be better leaders as they do it? Another tenant of our mastermind group is uh, in, is coaching conscious capitalism principles. So conscious capitalism, the kind of the, the organization, they have consultants and we would have some of them speak to our um, mm. members inside the mastermind group. Another tenet of the mastermind is a reconnection with nature, something I think is just vitally important for you know, team human today to uh, take a step back and look at and say, all right, how, how is my everyday life connected with nature and, and maybe how mm. distant have I become from that? Mm. And so how, how can we, um, in simple ways, so to speak, um, reconnect with nature and then we also have a component where we call, you know, the Misogi, which is kind of pulled from a few different areas, but it's kind of the, the Japanese concept of, of a, a major challenge that you pick for yourself to do. And there's a lot of growth that can come from the un- uncomfortability of that major challenge. Um, some people out in the world right now are doing that. Someone like Jesse Itzler um, is, is doing a lot with Misogis. And if you've read the book, um, the comfort crisis. Um, that book talks a lot about how, how a Misogi can, can kind of, uh, change your life potentially. So, so we also then have our mastermind group, uh, individuals do a Misogi as well. And then we also do this whole calendaring exercise as well, where we get really intentional about our upcoming year. And there we place our Misogi, which could be, for example, for a non-runner or something, could be a marathon, or it Hmm. could be, um, travel to this place that they, that's high altitude that they didn't think that they could do. Hey, maybe there's a breath work for that. Um, uh, I don't know. There, there's a lot of different, <laughs> everybody has their own Masogi. Um, it's deeply personal, but, um, but that could be something they plug into the recounter, but then also just get intentional. Don't have your calendar run your life. You take the steps necessary to decide what you want to have in your calendar and then live that through your life. So it's kind of like Recal will become less a mindful adventure travel company and more a method for mindful living. And Mm. we use travel and other tools as a way to incorporate these little mini transformations toward um, a a more conscious way of living. Mm. Gosh, that's beautiful. And, and reminds me that, you know, we breathe 20,000 ish times a day and every breath offers us an opportunity to recalibrate and every breath offers us an opportunity to travel um, in a in a 
kind of existentially profound sort of way. Um, mm-hmm. Well, Anthony LaRubio, thank you so much for talking with us today. How, how much longer are you in Europe? Yeah, Rob, thank you, by the way. Um, really appreciate it. Love this. Um, I, my trip is coming to an end very shortly, actually. Um, so it's uh, only got three more days and then I board a plane for the trek home. Um, but I won't be home for too long because after that, I'm headed to um, Seattle for three weeks. Home, by the way, for me, uh, well, I kind of just went nomadic. So I guess... <laughs> The most recent quote unquote home I've had is Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, but uh, I've been telling people lately that home's wherever my feet are. But shortly after arriving mm. in Minneapolis, I'm going to head to Seattle, which is, um, I'm, I have my own Misogi actually happening in Seattle mm. where I'm going to, you, uh, we've talked a little bit about this. Yes, before. we have. I was hoping you were going to bring this up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, I have a little challenge that I, kind of, you know, pulled from various areas, um, to create, but I'm going to run a marathon in Seattle, the Seattle marathon on, uh, November 26th, or at least I should say I'm going to attempt to run it. Um, but I've not been training by running. I have been training by using breathwork, various types of breathwork, but, um, in particular, some pulled from oxygen advantage, um, you know, intermittent hypoxic, hypercapnic training has been a, a big part of the breathwork that I'm, I'm utilizing to train, so to speak. Um, Simulated do, high altitude training for those of you new to acronyms. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then, so after not, you know, training by running for the marathon, um, I'm then going to suit up and march myself out there with a piece of wow. tape over my lips. And I'm going to try to run this marathon while entirely breathing through my nose. Um, so uh, I cannot we, wait. We shall see. <laughs> to hear all about that. <laughs> yeah. Neither can I. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, um, perhaps some someday in a rest stop in Iowa, there will be a plaque memorializing this Seattle feat that you're about to undertake. It all started here. <laughs> it's always been my life dream uh, to have a plaque at a rest stop in Iowa. So you know, thanks, me Rob. Me too. <laughs> well, Anthony, recaltravel.com. Anthony Rubio, it's been such a pleasure talking with you. Yeah, likewise, Rob. Thanks a lot. I appreciate the opportunity. Yes, you bet. And looking forward to uh, being in flow with you when you return to uh, North America. Sounds good. Likewise. All right. Thanks. All righty. You've been listening to Peak Flow, where we optimize human potential one breath at a time. Breathe, flow, and be well.